As the world heads into uncharted territory, business leaders are seeking a new perspective. The What Now, What Next podcast series features KPMG advisors addressing the issues that are of most concern now and in the near future. Today, I'd like to introduce Dennis Berry. He'll spend some time talking with us today about CIO pressures in the coronavirus era. Everyone right now is working from home, from our CEO here at KPMG to late night comedians. And I know that this time has had its challenges to remote networking, and we're seeing that firsthand in our call quality. So Dennis, thanks for being willing to jump on and give this a shot. As we begin, would you introduce yourself to our listeners? Certainly, and thanks for having me on. My name is Dennis Berry. I'm a partner in KPMG's consulting practice. I run our IT transformation and performance practice. And what I really do on a daily basis is help clients with their digital transformation programs. Thank you. CIOs will be pressured to reduce their overall run costs in order to help the organization adapt to the loss of revenue. And as the virus spreads and the negative economic effects multiply, CIOs will need to act to manage not only this immediate crisis, but also to address the vulnerabilities that COVID-19 has exposed. As we kick off our conversation, Dennis, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you're seeing right now? Certainly. Well, as you're seeing every day, the scale and impact of the pandemic poses a real threat to business continuity in companies everywhere. There's disruption in every aspect of the enterprise, financial, technical, personal. It's reshaping the world as we know it. But the pandemic is decidedly a human tragedy. The fear and uncertainty of our colleagues, clients, families, and friends are dealing with is very real. While our focus as tech executives is to enable, support, and advise our companies through this crisis, we must also recognize the needs of people. I believe technology executives today are responding to the situation in three phases, react, stabilize, and emerge. So Dennis, you just mentioned react, stabilize, and emerge. So that helps us see how people are responding. I'm curious if you can unpack that a little bit. And then I'm also curious what some of the outcomes or reactions are that you're seeing along with those very natural responses. The workforce has moved offsite. While there were plans to support the remote workforce, it was contemplated at smaller scale and probably did not assume all mission-critical functions would be working remote. So I would say don't panic. Get a PMO in place and the associated technology to support your off-site teams. Make sure your users have the technology they need, both from an infrastructure access and support perspective, as well as productivity and collaboration tools. Perfect. Talk to us about infrastructure. What are the things that folks need to address? So from an infrastructure perspective, I would make sure that you have looked at your VPN and portals and gateways to make sure that you can handle the large number of colleagues who will be working remotely. I would also be concerned about residential Internet connections and home working environments. For most employees, high-speed Internet be an impediment to their productivity. You may need to look at considering higher speed routers, and or helping them out with upgrading their in-home plans. And then I would say to continually test the infrastructure, see whether it can handle the unexpected workloads. From an access perspective, make sure that everybody has proper credentials for logging in and out, and you're going to experience a much higher than normal demand for help on access, probably for the first three or four weeks. So make sure that you have considered that 
and also consider the regulatory implications of remote data access, including uh, CDPR, CCPA, and contractual obligations. Again, you probably had planned for this, but really need to reconsider and take a peek to make sure that you haven't violated any of the contractual obligations you have with your clients. So you've covered things like looking at VPNs and portals and gateways to making sure you're set up for remote workers, perhaps considering things like higher speed routers for folks working from home, ensuring proper credentials for logging in and out, and making sure that contractual obligations with clients are covered. So now talk to us about the support side of things. Then on the support side, as I said, you're going to see a high spike in demand early on. Make sure that you're prepared for that. But begin to prepare simple guidelines to help your employees with the most asked questions. And then finally, on end-user productivity and collaboration tools, make sure that you have a standard set of collaboration tools that can be mobilized and distributed quickly. In most companies, there are multiple knowledge management, video, text, mobile, and telephone applications. The key is to standardize quickly on a suite and train everybody in the use of those tools. With so many meetings, you may also have limitations on video and audio. You need to test that out quickly and make sure that you have the proper infrastructure to be able to deal with the much broader number of folks who are going to be participating in calls and video chats. So there's a list of immediate considerations on a technology basis for standing up a mobile workforce. Moving quickly is critical to sustain the business. However, it's important to think holistically about all the elements to avoid unintended consequences and further loss in productivity and customer satisfaction. Dennis, may I ask a follow-up question to that? Because IT functions are typically complex, and that can oftentimes make them a little bit slower. So in light of that, are there ways that CEOs can lead their organizations around normal processes so that they can make critical decisions with the speed and agility that's so incredibly important during this time? As a CIO, you cast a long shadow within your organization, it's really important that you over-communicate with your team. Processes and standards are going to evolve as a result of where you find yourself today. It's really important that you as a CIO define those standards, adhere to those standards, and get those out to your constituents and seek feedback on them because typically the first time in they may work well but probably can work better. So it's really important that you get feedback from your team on how things are going. It's really important that you as a CIO are spending as much time as you can touching all of the folks that work for you through technology that you've provided and be present in all of the meetings that you have them participate in. Dennis, let's go into the stabilized phase of what you've outlined for us. Are there any other things that might need to be considered? For example, as IT organizations try to adjust to COVID-19 impacts, do partnerships need to be reassessed? Are there contract issues that might need to be reevaluated? Or are there any other questions that CEOs might need to be asking during this time? So you're moving into the second phase of stabilized. I would say after several weeks, most of us find ourselves in this phase and recognize this is the new norm. We're beginning to assess what is and isn't working. We are facing many questions around people, technology, security, and investment. For example, how do you stay connected with your teams? How do you collaborate better? How do you measure end-user productivity? Do I need to right-scale my infrastructure? Should I reassess my security and DR considerations? 
And what work should I prioritize and deprioritize? On the people side, let's explore three areas, capacity, connection, and capability. You'll need to make sure you've accounted for all of your workforce in all of your regions that you work in, and make sure that there aren't locations being hard hit by COVID-19, and if there are, you may need to stagger work hours and or shift work. Most organizations have remote workers but have not trained people on the tools and techniques of remote collaboration. Don't assume they understand the tools or the process. Train them. Provide them remote tool support, FAQs. Create a YouTube best practice. And then work hours may need to be shifted and need to be flexible. You may need to consider absences and decreased productivity as the workforce now deals with the realities of a workplace that includes children and other family members. You may need to consider dynamic resourcing and staffing models. Let's assume you've already stood up the technical environment capabilities to enable remote work. You still need to have frequent and scheduled communication. As a leader, you cast that long shadow. These are uncertain times, and hearing from your leaders is important for morale. One of the most important communications should be the evolving changes, next steps, concerns, and ideas for improvement. Absence of information has a tendency to cause unintended behaviors. Also, you need to think about your workforce. They are going to be always on and hyper-connected to both work and the home environment, and that can lead to burnout and stress. Part of the challenge will be to motivate your employees and to prevent burnout and feeling isolated. So consider employee support networks, promote connectivity, turn on your camera when you're having a meeting with your peers and with your folks, and set clear expectations on when to shut down. Most workers will have the tendency to stay connected 24 by 7, and that just isn't healthy. We've also seen the introduction of virtual happy hours and open video conference hours to encourage connectivity and a sense of community. This is really important. This is new for everybody working remotely, and the sense of community can diminish quickly if we don't do something very proactive about that. Again, this crisis is human. Technology is a great enable and connector during this time, but it can also be a source of stress, confusion, and loss of motivation. Take the time to personally reach out, be real, and empathetic. That's a terrific list, Dennis. You've covered the practical bits of working from home, things like recognizing that for many people, this is a new experience and that it'll be important to provide training and remote support tools. Also touching on um, looking at staggering work hours or shift work. You've also covered the human element as well, recognizing the incredible amount of stress that people are under and putting into place plans to prevent burnout and isolation. And for leaders, remembering that these are indeed uncertain times, so making sure to be proactive and communicating well. Talk to us now about infrastructure. On the infrastructure and security side, you will assuredly have gotten a lot of feedback from your users on performance and capacity. You should now be asking more detailed questions to ensure that you are providing a scalable and productive work experience. So can your company function effectively through remote working? We've talked about that. Are you able to scale digital channels to deal with demand? More customers and clients may expect to transact through your digital channels. Are you ready to and prepared to do that? And do you have the contracts in place to protect yourself? Are you dependent on key IT personnel? Do you have a plan in place should they be unable to work? 
And what would happen if your data center was disrupted? Data centers can also be hit with a virus. And what would happen if the entire data center needed to be shut down, deep cleaned, and out of production for a day or two? What is your fallback position? And those things need to be considered. Be aware that this is an opportune time for folks to try and take advantage of the fear of COVID-19. So have you warned your staff of the increased risk of phishing attacks using COVID-19 as a cover story? And do you need to change your approach to security operations during this pandemic? Finally, there have been several articles recently published that indicate that now is not the time to pull back on your current in-flight digital transformation programs. I generally agree with this, but also see that some of the resources may need to be redirected for a period of time to focus on the C-19 stabilization activities. This crisis will cause us to relook at our IT operating models to be able to support the new norm. Okay. Thank you, Dennis. I appreciate the list of considerations you provided. Things like, are you able to scale digital channels to deal with demand? Do you have the contracts in place to protect yourself? Um, the importance of thinking through IT personnel you're dependent upon and what would happen if they became ill. And also thinking over what would happen if your data center was disrupted. We've looked now at that react phase and also the stabilizing phase. Can you share with our listeners that third component? I sure can. At some point while you're stabilizing your environment, you will probably be asking yourself bigger questions about size, cost, effectiveness, and efficiency of the IT estate. And most assuredly, the CEO and board will be asking similar questions about IT and all of the business functions. Our thinking last year on the future of IT has become the reality. It is now. The workplace of the future is now. It will be hard after four weeks of working from home and being productive for our teams to believe that they need to be in the office five days a week. We will need to institutionalize working from home as the norm, and it will become part of IT and the business operating model. I believe in doing so, it's imperative that the CIO take the time to really understand the implications of the seven layers of the IT operating model. So think process, technology, governance, people, service delivery model, performance, insights, and data. The reality is is the IT estate has grown over time, and in many instances, there's tech debt that needs to be addressed. So we're going to really need to reframe the funding. Cost out and cost avoid are going to be necessary for the remainder of the year and probably into next year. Ask the question, what are the opportunities to move to variable cost models and to remove unused fixed capacity? For instance, cloud was spun up quickly and is clearly the choice going forward for IT. But businesses are struggling to manage cost and understand the risk of their cloud environments. The reality is consumption is stalling. It's what we call cloud adoption plateau. And really what's happening is, is that about 15 to 20 percent of suitable workloads have been transitioned and most organizations installed. This is a great opportunity for you to ask the question why. The net result is the plateau is a result of inefficient and ineffective operating model. The adoption, usage, and maintenance of cloud will impact the way IT organizations work. And in doing so, CIOs need to really look at their overall target operating model. Cloud is a technology that can enable business digital transformation. But over the past few years, cloud technology has evolved. Companies have often rushed their efforts thinking they can pay down their technical debt simply by moving to the cloud. 
That just is not how it works. You can't put everything you have today on cloud and think somehow you can get rid of your current infrastructure debt. Organizations need to be much more thoughtful about their current technical debt and think about ways to reconfigure workload that you're moving to the cloud. If you really haven't thought about it, you probably end up keeping your current infrastructure and adding cost layer to the top. How can you reduce your technical debt related to legacy systems and move towards a vibrant, value-filled IT future? Keep a few considerations in mind. You need a long-term strategic plan. You need to carefully construct your agenda. You need to take advantage of the opportunities that evolve from the technology debt. And you can do that all right now while this crisis is taking place. It is the opportune time to relook at your operating model. These are trying times. Your team is looking for leadership and productive work they can accomplish working remotely. Stay the course. Evaluate your operating model. Look for ways to add efficiency and drive down your tech debt. Don't stop the transformation programs you are in the midst of. You may need to rescope or slow, but the folks at home really are looking for productive work to be done. Use a project portfolio management process to assess current and future projects. Keep your teams motivated and challenged, and be sure to over-communicate and be accessible. You cast a long shadow, and your team will be looking at you and how you respond to this situation. Dennis, I want to leave our listeners with what you just said because you've provided us with a fantastic 360-degree view of how IT can stay the course and maximize performance during this time. You said, create a long-term strategic plan. Carefully construct your agenda. Look for ways to add efficiency and drive down your tech debt. Take advantage of the opportunities that evolve during this crisis and stay the course. Dennis, thank you for being here today. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. We look forward to bringing you other insights from our KPMG advisors in the next edition of What Now, What Next? And in the meantime, you can check out the other podcasts in our series at visit.kpmg.us slash covid 19. Have a great day.